Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk. First, let me say thank you so much for being a listener. Now, I want to alert you to our shiny new podcast website located at podpage.com. However, you can go directly to the podcast site located at www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. There, you can contact me through email. You can leave a voice message. You can leave a review. You can read an episode blog and frequently learn about the podcast guests. You might also want to suggest podcast topic ideas or even suggest a guest. You can also let me know if you would like to receive our podcast listener logo that you can post on your social media. So I look forward to hearing from you about our new podcast website, www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast and have a great day. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners all across America and around the world. Now, I am very pleased to announce that as of September 2023, Apple has ranked this podcast among the top 1% of podcasts worldwide. So thank you to all of my guests for providing the great content that makes this possible and to my audience for your continued support. Now, question. When considering a public relations campaign, it usually requires a communications plan. So what exactly should be included in a good communications plan? Well, my guest today has an answer for you. She is the founder and CEO of Spin Sucks Academy. They provide consulting services on a select basis. Clients include Fortune 500 companies, government agencies, and major nonprofits. They solve complex corporate communications challenges. In addition, she is the creator and patent holder of the PESO Model and Certification Communications Program. Not a surprise, she is also available as a featured speaker for your events. So I am very pleased to welcome from New York City, Jenny Dietrich, founder and CEO of Spin Sucks, as my guest today. Jenny, thank you for coming on board. Thank you for having me. And congratulations, that's awesome. Well, it was a surprise to me, too. I uh, no, Nobody <laughs> called and told me. I, I stumbled on it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, look at me. Uh, it certainly <laughs> brightened my day, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Well, thank you so much. Now, let me, I'm sure you've been asked this before, but first, please describe to our listeners how you arrived at Spin Sucks as your company name. <laughs> well, so I'm sure you can relate to this, but when you're at a cocktail reception or you're on the plane or you're in the elevator and somebody says, what do you do for a living? And you say public relations, you get one of probably three responses. Oh, you lie for a living. Or, oh, you're one of those spin doctors. Or how many parties have you planned that you've had celebrities at? And you're like, <laughs> 
none of those things are true. And so when we were thinking about launching a blog, and this was way back in the day, you know, when blogging was first first started to become a thing, we were like, what should we call it? And one of our interns said, well, you hate it when people say that you spin for a living. Maybe we could call it spin sucks. And lo and behold, the URL was available, <laughs> and so it became. Well, that... <laughs> You know, you're absolutely right. A lot of people just do not fully understand what public relations people actually do. <laughs> no, they do not. <laughs> but the big challenge here is that, uh, you know, and I think we've all had uh, had the opportunities to uh, p- put together communications plans, some good, some not so good, and and others somewhere mm-hmm. in between. So mm-hmm. let's, let's True. look at those things that you say are required in a good communications plan. Well, I think there are 16 things that are required in every communications plan. And it doesn't need to be 16 pages or 60 pages, but it could be a page, an executive summary. It could be two pages, as long as it includes these 16 things. And it it, it varies everything from what you would expect, objectives and goals and strategy, to key, key challenges, situation analysis, and your implementation strategy budget, measurement, all that kind of stuff. And the way we always look at it is, as to your point earlier um, in the introduction, is from a payphone model perspective. Does it include, also include paid media, earned media, shared media, and owned media? And and how do those intersect and interact with one another? Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned there were 16 parts to it. So, so why don't we sort yes. of outline what those 16 parts are? Okay. It's the objective, goals, strategy, executive summary, key challenges, situation analysis, customer analysis, competitor analysis, your implementation summary, your positioning statement, your cost strategy, the PESO model, changing market analysis, metrics, and I'm missing two. I think I had peso model wrapped up in into four of them. So that those are the big things right there. So it might just help, uh, you know, for listeners because uh, a lot of listeners are at all stages in public relations. But just to be on the safe side, just do a brief overview of what each one of those elements contains. What uh, sure. that you mentioned? So the objective is the what. What do you want to achieve and make it measurable? So it's it's really the what. And when you think about as you're setting out your, your plan, you want to have the what, the why, the how, right? So you have your, you, you have that, that built into place. So the what is the objective. And then the goals, you might also be, be, be refer to them as key performance indicators. But these are the things that are going to help you reach your objective. So an objective might be that we are we want to add $10 million next year in revenue, which is a pretty lofty goal for, for PR, but let's go with it. Your, your goal then would be how are you going to do that? So you're going, you want to be able to, to build your plan so that it helps you achieve that objective, right? So you want to be able to increase your website traffic. You want to build an email database. You want to increase engagement from fans and followers. 
you want to build leads and qualified leads and, you know, help sales. So there's all those pieces that go into helping that. And then your strategy is the how. So how will you do it, right? This becomes your map or your GPS. So if your goal is to build and enhance your reputation to attract more, attract more clients, then your strategy will be a sentence or two to the, that describes how you'll do that. So it's the vision of your communication plan. So the objective is the what, the strategy is the how. And then you can start to get into the plan itself. We like to have an executive summary because for those of you who have cre created plans in the past, they, they can become overwhelming and cumbersome, and you put all this work into it, and it goes into a binder, and it goes on a shelf, and you never look at it again. So we really like to look at a one-page recap of everything that's in your plan. And that's what's going to sit on your desk. It's going to sit on your boss's desk. It's going to sit on your client's desk. And that's what you're going to review every month and every quarter together, is where are we against these things. And that should include you know, your mission and your vision, your core values, your objective, your goals, your strategies, your key messages, a list of communications tactics. And then I always like to include a list of things that you would like to do if resources open up. So if you get more budget or something happens you know, with one of the tactics that it doesn't work out as well, so you need to shift, I like to have a list. A, a former boss of mine used to call it the popcorn list. So what are the things that you like to have there that you would, that if resources open up but are not part of the main plan, you could do? Mm -hmm. You want to look at key challenges, right? So list all of the challenges that you can foresee, what's going to prevent you from achieving your goal, what's going to prevent you from, from generating $10 million in revenue. And for that one, it very well could be the goal is too lofty, right? So you have to think through every single key challenge. Then do your situation analysis. So this is an identification of key industry metrics. And I used to sit on a board of a company that was sold actually in January of 2020, which was brilliant on his part, the owner's part. But um, we, every quarter when we had our board meeting, he would start the meeting by showing us industry trends. And it was so valuable to be able to understand this is what's happening in the industry and how it's going to affect the growth of the business and how it's going to affect the marketing and the communication. So I always like to include that you know, in there. And it, it's just a two or three sentence recap on what's happening in the industry. And it could be everything from remote work or hybrid work to, I'm trying to think of some good, inflation is a good one. You have things that are happening either globally or within the industry that are going to affect your ability to achieve your goals in the next year. Next is competitor or customer analysis. So really look at who the customer is. One of the things that we've started doing is creating our, using ChatGPT to help us create an, an initial brand persona. Mm -hmm. So we'll say our audience is an HR professional. They're typically between 35 and 50 years of age. They you know, have 15 years of experience. These are their key challenges. These are the things that they're trying to achieve. And ChatGPT will say, okay, your brand persona is named Lisa, and this is what she looks for. These are the key messages. These are the ways that she looks for content. This is the kind of stuff that, that affects her. And then you can take that out of ChatGPT and refine it. So it's a really fun way to do your customer analysis with the use of artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. well, now your competitor analysis, right? 
Well, um, I, let me just say right quick, uh, because you mentioned ChatGPT, I also have found that extremely useful for at least beginning to lay out the initial outline or, or guidance and then get in and edit it uh, the way yep. you need. Yep. So it's, and, and it's so very, very quick and uh, for the most part accurate. Uh, but uh, thank goodness for ChatGPT. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's amazing. I love it. I, you know, it's funny because I have a couple of people on my team who are like, I'm never using it. It's cheating. And I'm like, it's not cheating. It's making you more efficient. That's like saying back in the day when we had the big bacon, big green bacon books and you had to look up all the journalists mm-hmm. and then they put everything online and suddenly you had it in your fingertips. It's like saying that you didn't want to go online and look up the journalists because that's cheating. Mm-hmm. You would just keep going back to the, it's the same thing. <laughs> We're just getting more efficient. I That's love right. it. I'm a big fan. I think everyone should do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Then you do your competitor analysis. Same thing. You can throw that into ChatGPT. And one of the things I like to do is take the copy from our from com, from the competitors' home pages. So you just copy and paste, and you say, "Build me a competitive analysis in a graph form." that shows me the differences between these companies. So you do your own company and you do maybe three to five competitors, and all of a sudden you have this great graphic that shows you, you guys are really good at this, and your competition's really good at this, and here are the opportunities where you can fill in those blanks. So again, to your point, it's, it's not the final piece, but it gives you something to start with. Then you do an implement, implementation summary. So this is an analysis of how you'll use your competitive analysis, your customer analysis, and your situation analysis to help you achieve your goals. So that's your implementation summary. Your positioning statements, or they could also be called key messages, if that's what you prefer. So how you'll start to communicate and how you'll stay on message. Then you'll look at a cost strategy. And I know it seems kind of strange to add cost strategy into your comms plan, but it's really important that we look at the overall business. So in this case, the cost could affect your ability to deliver results. So you really want to look at that and figure out what is it that we're trying to do and how will that affect our ability to reach our goals. Mm -hmm. And now that you've done all that, you can start to talk tactics. And the funny thing is with most communicators, we like to start with the tactics, but you can see there's several things that come before that, before you even start to think about tactics. And here, where we where I think you should start is with the PESO model. So what are you doing with owned media, which is where I think most PESO model programs should begin? And how are you using your owned media to, how are you using shared media to promote your owned media? And how are you using earned media to give you sort of that third party stamp of approval on your content? And then how are you using paid media to reach new audiences, to boost and get to new audiences that don't, don't already know about you? So your comments plan should encompass all four of those things. And when you integrate them together really well, you start to build trust, credibility, and authority, both online and off. So it doesn't have to be just digital. It can be offline as well. You also want to look at, a, at changing market analysis. So I think that we can all agree that the past three years have been something <laughs> to behold. And we couldn't have predicted that, right? But we knew, like, there were plenty of economists in 2019 saying something was coming. And I remember my husband coming home from a trip to D.C. in December of 2019 and him saying to me, I remember, I'll never forget this as long as I live, he was sitting on the kitchen counter while I was making dinner, and he said, I think we need 
need to start buying hoarding food. And I was like, what? What do you mean we need to start hoarding food? And he's like, I think this thing coming out of China is real. And I was like, you're insane. That doesn't happen in America. And he was like, okay, I still think you should start hoarding food. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I did. <laughs> but we, you know, you, we knew something was coming. We didn't know what magnitude it was going to be. But those are the kinds of things that you want to look at, right? We have to look at how all of what's going on in the world is going to affect the way that we're able to, to do our jobs and achieve our goals. And then the last thing, and certainly not the least, is your metrics. You know, if you did your work up front correctly, you already have your metrics in your goals. So scroll back to your, your goals section in your plan and say, okay, I said we're going to do this and we need to achieve that. Now you have your metrics. Mm -hmm. So make sure when you're, when you're doing your metrics that you follow the smart structure. Are they specific? Are they measurable? Are they attainable? Are they realistic? And are they time-bound? So it's not an easy assignment, and it's, you know, I don't, how long does it take us to talk this through? 14 minutes. <laughs> It, and you can you can do this in two or three pages. You know, if you have a paragraph for each each one of these sixteen pieces, now you have a nice robust plan. But I like to start talking about this in October because the last quarter of the year is always when we start planning for the following year. Mm -hmm. And this is something you're going to have to be thinking about now, right now. Well, you know, one of the things that that you also pointed out is, is you said that a reason for communicating a communications plan is harder than it seems simply is because we see what it should be rather than what it is. So That's a great how point. does one uh, suggest how individuals or groups can make the distinction between those two issues? You know, it's, I, think, I think a couple of things. I think as human beings, naturally, we tend to be optimistic about the things that we can achieve. And I remember when I started my business, I was like, every year we're going to have 100% growth. We're going to double growth. Well, that's not... It's not realistic. I can say that all mm -hmm. I want, <laughs> and I can yeah. set a goal to do it, but it's not realistic. It's realistic when you're doing $100,000 a year. You can probably do $200,000 a year. It's not realistic as you grow and scale your business. Like, I can't go from $3 million to $6 million overnight. Mm -hmm. I can't do that in a year unless I get funding or you know whatever happens to me. So you, you have to be, I think that we have to be really realistic about what it is that we can achieve. And also, get involvement from other people. If, you're, if you are a solo person, either a solopreneur that's a consultant or a solo communications professional on the team, get help from your other departments. Force a strategy session with your executive team. Talk to sales. Talk to accounting. Like bring in other people to help you make it realistic so that you're not saying, all happy, shiny rainbows and unicorns, we can achieve this, when in fact, there are all these other factors that you didn't realize were going to affect the way that you were, you should create your plan. Well, you know, I think that's a hugely important issue simply because when you have a team, sometimes you, and depending upon who the person is or persons are, there might be some people who just don't want to say anything negative because maybe they, they aren't, they're uncomfortable doing it, even though it might be accurate. So. Right. Um, <laughs> The the idea yes. of having some sort of someone outside of that particular circle chime in on what the what the topic questions are, I think is a very very valuable piece of guidance because it helps you get get things done the right way. That's right. That's exactly right. Yes. 
So in terms of uh, putting together this process, how how have people responded to it in terms of your, your uh, six or 16 part plans? Have you gotten feedback on that? I have. People think some people think it's overwhelming. Some people want more explanation about the difference between an objective and a strategy. It's funny because when I started my career, I was at Fleischman Hillard, and I'm sure I still have it somewhere, but I had a, a notebook piece of paper taped to my wall, and it had two columns. And the first column was objective words, so words that you would use to, to write an objective. And I had the other column was strategy words, so words that you would use to write a strategy statement. And people would come into my office all the time and stand there in front of that, that piece of paper and like use it, write in their notebooks, okay, all right, all right, and look at it again and write it some more and look at it again. And they wouldn't even talk to me. And then they'd turn around and walk away. <laughs> and I, I had that there to remind people that as communicators, we have to be really smart about this. I'm sure I have it somewhere because, we, like I said, we, we want to start with the tactics because that's what's fun, right? But we, if we haven't done the hard work of understanding of building the, the, the map to get us there, we're not, it doesn't matter how fun the tactics are, we're not going to achieve our goals. Mm-hmm. Well, let me say this, that uh, you, know, you have provided us with some very, very um, great ideas in particular to making sure that uh, our communications plans can be effective. Would you have any sort of closing remarks or some things that other public relations people or as public relations people we should also consider as we put together a, commun- a communications plan? Yes. I would say it's something that should be reviewed quarterly. I actually really like to put my goals, our goals, into a spreadsheet and then track it every quarter. Some, we do it every month and then we report against it to clients every quarter. Um, but work with the team. Work with your executive team or work with your clients to tweak and you know revise things as you go because as we all know, you can create the most compelling plan ever that's 12 months long and then things happen that you don't expect. You'll have, you'll be, you, you'll be tuned into what's going on with the industry and what's going on globally and what's going on inside your country that could affect it. But you, you can't predict everything. So things are going to happen. So I always recommend really looking at it every quarter and to your point, be honest about it. Is this even feasible or do we need to shift tactics or, and do that now versus at the end of the year so that we can still achieve our goals? Well, Jeannie, let me say thank you so very, very much for uh, having been our guest today on the Public Relations Review Podcast. I'm sure you'll In the top 1% of all podcasts. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> well, I'm sure that Elvis is wherever they are. <laughs> we'll certainly appreciate <laughs> the wisdom that you bring. And, uh, yeah, I've also taken notes. I think it's always great to listen to people who have the kind of experience that, that, that you have. You never know when it will come in handy. Well, thank you for having me. This was a blast. Well, let me say to my listeners, if you've enjoyed it, certainly we'd like to get a great review from you. And if you've got some program ideas, get in touch because uh, we've certainly had programs that were brought to us by, uh, by listeners. So let me say thank you once again for listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast. Share this with your colleagues and be sure to join us for the next edition of the Public Relations Review Podcast. 
This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is Peter Woolfolk speaking. Now, first of all, thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. Now, I am very excited to let you know that the podcast is now available on Amazon Alexa. You know the drill. Simply say, Alexa, play Public Relations Review Podcast, and she'll take it from there. And again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the program, please become a subscriber. Now, on to the podcast. <laughs>